Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey everybody, good evening. I'm Dr. Gina. Welcome to Prime Time. Governor Andrew Cuomo, responsible for the death of thousands of nursing home residents in his state, but that's not what is on his mind these days. Women are coming out of the woodwork now to accuse him of sexual harassment, and even two have accused him of sexual assault. Democrats are piling on Cuomo now that he's down, and even though Biden and Kamala are still silent on the issue, two well-known New York State Democrat members of Congress, AOC and Jerry Nadler, came out and said that it is time for Cuomo to go. But today, Cuomo held a press conference over the telephone, and he says he has a lot of work to do, and he doesn't want to be distracted with all this stuff that he says never actually happened. And the best part was where he blamed cancel culture for what is happening to him. This is so unbelievable. Listen. The people of New York should not have confidence in a politician who takes a position without knowing any facts or substance. That, my friends, is politics at its worst. Politicians take positions for all sorts of reasons, including political expediency and bowing to pressure. But people know the difference between playing politics, bowing to counsel, cancel culture, and the truth. People know the difference between playing politics, bowing to cancel culture, and the truth. Indeed they do, Mr. Cuomo. Joe Biden finally made a scripted primetime address to the nation last night. He did an okay job of reading the teleprompter. So, and he did a good job of ignoring the questions yelled at him by the press as he concluded his remarks and went back to his recliner. Throughout the entire speech last night, Joe Biden acted as if there was no progress made against COVID until he entered the Oval Office. Listen. But this is one of the most complex operations we've under, under, ever undertaken as a nation in a long time. That's why I'm using every power I have as President of the United States to put us on a war footing to get the job done. Sounds like hyperbole, but I mean it, a war footing. And thank God we're making some real progress now. In my first full day in office, I outlined for you a comprehensive strategy to beat this pandemic. We've spent every day since attempting to carry it out. You know, if that man had one ounce of class in his entire fiber, he'd at least give some credit to his predecessor, who really deserves all the credit. But the fact that he can't give any credit tells you what an itty-bitty tiny man, if he even is, if there's any shred of the human being that used to be there, uh, left in him uh, actually still exists. Anyway, you'd think from his speech there was nothing done to stop the pandemic until the day that Joe Biden walked in the White House. He never even mentioned Operation Warp Speed that was handed to him on a silver platter from Donald Trump 
when he walked in and Biden went on in that speech to make to take more credit for something that he didn't do. Just listen. When I came into office, you may recall, I set a goal that many of you said was that kind of way over the. I said I intended to get 100 million shots in people's arms in my first 100 days in office. Tonight, I can say we're not only going to meet that goal, we're going to beat that goal. You were already on track for that goal, Joe, before you ever set foot in that White House. This man is really, truly deluded or just plain lying or, I don't know, reading the words of the teleprompter that is full of lies. Biden then set another goal that is already set to be accomplished without his help in any way whatsoever. Listen to this. Tonight, I'm announcing that I will direct all states, tribes, and territories to make all adults, people 18 and over, eligible to be vaccinated no later than May 1. States like Florida are already on track to have finished vaccinating all elderly and high-risk citizens well before May 1st and are already planning to allow anyone to get the vaccine if they so desire. This speech is just chock full of lies and deception and it's clear that Joe Biden is taking credit for someone else's work, which is one of the lowest life forms altogether. And Biden is known for plagiarizing. Remember, he's done this throughout his political career and he's still doing it or his puppeteers are doing it for him. I'm not sure. Anyway, then Biden set up a handy website to help people get vaccines. Listen. At the time when every adult is eligible in May, we will launch with our partners new tools to make it easier for you to find the vaccine and where to get the shot, including a new website that will help you first find the place to get vaccinated and the one nearest you. But Joe, I thought you said that black and Hispanic people don't know how to use the internet. So why would you set up a website? Well, the part of the speech that got the most outrage on social media was this. If we do all this, if we do our part, if we do this together, by July the 4th, there's a good chance you, your families and friends will be able to get together in your backyard or in your neighborhood and have a cookout or a barbecue and celebrate Independence Day. That doesn't mean large events with lots of people together, but it does mean small groups will be able to get together. After this long, hard year, that will make this Independence Day something truly special. If you do what I tell you to do, children, this I'm a mom. I talk to my kids like this every day. <laughs> if you do what I tell you to do, children, I might reward you by letting you have a small party, not a big party, Mama doesn't want to put up with that. I don't have time for that. Don't want to do it. But if you behave like good little children, I might reward you with the good part. That is exactly what Joe Biden said to you, the American people. And that is what liberals think of you. They think you need to be told where you can go, what you can do, who you can be around, how many people you can be around, and everything in between. Because guess what? They think they know better than you. And this my friends, should have set you more than anything else he said last night. We wondered if he could get out there and if he could give a speech and if he could read the teleprompter and apparently the medications were good yesterday. And, and I do remember, you know, there were, 
my mother, as I've, as I've told you many times before, used to work for an acute care Alzheimer's unit. And so I was very used to, you know, for, for birthday parties, special medications that people could take and things to, to sort of set the stage for special dates that would get them sort of back in the groove of things. And so hopefully it looks like they gave Joe Biden some of these medications last night, but the part they can't take away is the part that is most integral to his character. And that is the part where he thinks that they, the elite, get to rule over you. And uh, maybe the part of the speech that I thought was the absolute worst while we're talking about the worst parts of the speech were the parts where he wasn't even speaking. Joe Biden walked down that long hallway to the podium with his mask on. Can you please explain to me why a fully vaccinated person is walking down a long hallway all alone in a mask? This is like these people I see driving cars by themselves wearing a mask or driving in boats in the wide open ocean all alone wearing a mask. We are supposed to trust that guy to tell us when it's safe to resume our lives and how to do it. All right, let's take a deep breath. Let's uh, gather ourselves together and let's head out to America to a little sanity to our hosts and correspondents on the ground who have their eyes on what is happening out there and some reality. Sophie Mann from our DC studios has a great weekend story. Go ahead, Sophie. Hey, Dr. G. So I've got some great weekend oriented news for you. Uh, down south in Texas, Governor Greg Abbott announced recently that his state's legislator is one step closer to making carry out cocktails a permanent part of life in the Lone Star State. Basically what happened was last June when the pandemic was really kicking up a notch, uh, Governor Abbott, like in so many states, licensed restaurants to temporarily sell to-go cocktails with food items in an effort to help them survive through the pandemic. This is something that has really helped a lot of local restaurants and businesses stay alive and afloat during this tumultuous year. Um, but now a committee of the Texas House of Representatives has approved a wider debate uh, of cocktails, of a, of a cocktails to go bill, which means they're one significant step closer to making this a permanent part of life uh, down in Texas, which actually usually is known for having some of the more strict alcohol countries in our uh, in our land. So I, I think that I think the governor Abbott is reading the tea leaves here and saying, you know, this is something that businesses like and it clearly is something that Texans like. I do wonder if other governors will will think the way that Governor Abbott thinks. You know, I've certainly enjoyed this this rule in D.C. over the summer, in New York over the summer. I think it's a it's a great thing just on a personal level to, to continue doing. And we'll see how Governor Abbott's bill does in the legislature. I'll talk to you soon. You know, Sophie, I am the person who uh, believes in zero tolerance on drunk driving, um, but absolute freedom uh, to act like adults. And it was fascinating because when I lived in San Diego, I'll never forget, in California, you couldn't take a cocktail out of a, out of a restaurant or a bar. And I thought that was ridiculous. What if I wanted to, if I wanted to get my soda to go, I could do that. But if I wanted to get my wine to go or my, my cocktail to go, I couldn't do that. And I remember feeling like, I should be able, as a full-grown adult, if you trust me to drink and I'm licensed to do so and I have never broken a law in my entire life, then I should be able to do that. And, um, and then I moved to Florida, and I will never forget, my husband and I loved, our favorite thing to do when we moved to Florida was to take a glass of wine out of a restaurant in a plastic 
fluted wine glass, because they'll give you the fluted wine glass sometimes here in Florida, and walked down the sidewalk right in front of police officers and toasted them as we were walking down the street with our fluted wine, just because we could, because it's a freedom issue, right? Uh, and I love states where you can even have alcohol in cars, not because I think you should have alcohol in cars, but because I think you should come down absolutely as hard as the law will allow on anyone who ever harms someone or drinks and drives, but I think you should absolutely allow the freedom for passengers or whatever to, to be free, right? They should be able to have, if your wife wants to have a glass of wine when you guys are driving to dinner, in the South we call that a drive and drink. And I think it's ridiculous that they limit freedoms on the law abiding to punish those who haven't yet committed a crime, right? I think it's ridiculous. Anyway, Sophie, thank you so much. Let's head out to our RAV headquarters in Denver, Colorado. Jessica Rivera is there. As always, Jessica, what do you have for us today? Well, Dr. Gina, one of President Joe Biden's newest cabinet members, Marsha Fudge, comes as most of his members do with much controversy. Fudge is the newest United States Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. And although Fudge's name may not stand out, it should. And the reason is her link to a former colleague. He is former Ohio judge, politician, government official, and convicted murderer Lance Mason. In 2015, Mason admitted to and was convicted of punching his then wife, Aisha Frazier, 20 times bashing her head into the center of a console of their car and biting Frazier as their two daughters sat in the back seat. Shortly after Mason's conviction, the judge uh, Fudge actually wrote a letter to the courts in support of Mason requesting leniency in his sentence. Here's the letter from August uh, 9th, 2015. It says, the Lance T. Mason that I know is a kind, intelligent man and loyal friend. The Lance T. Mason that I know is an advocate for the people of his community, whether as a country prosecutor, state senator, or common pleas judge. He's well-respected and well-liked. Lance Mason is a good man who made a very bad mistake. I can only hope you can see Lance how I see him and others do too. At the same time, at that very time, Judge said, or Fudge said she had known Mason for over 20 years. So anyone would figure that it was a longtime friendship and that the two knew each other quite well. Fast forward to 2018. Mason ends up stabbing his then ex-wife, Frazier, 59 times in what was found to be an unprovoked attack in front of their daughters, killing her. But this is not where it ends. Mason was sentenced to two years in prison for Frazier's murder, but he was out in nine months. Once out as a convicted felon and murderer, Mason applied for a Cleveland, Ohio, and he actually got the position. So Dr. Gina, the controversy is that many in the community and who know about this horrible tragedy wonder how much leniency was Mason given for Fudge's letter in his first sentencing? And were there any political favors made by quote unquote friends in order for Mason to be released early from prison and for him to be able to work in an official capacity as a violent felon in the same community he had committed this horrendous murder? But of course, Dr. Gina, you and I both know there will most likely be no questions asked about Fudge since controversial backgrounds seem to be what is needed to even be a consideration as a cabinet nominee by the Biden administration. Oh, my question is, where's the tie to China? <laughs> seems, seems to be the only thing missing in this, Jessica, is some sort of tie to China because the rest of them seem to have that if they don't have a criminal background or sometimes both. So uh, it's not very surprising here. And you don't hear anything about this, Jessica, of course, in any other media. This is something you dug up all by yourself. And again, we appreciate it. Of course.
And now back to the D.C. offices, studios, where the news editor at Just the News is sitting and uh, hoping to tell you the news that he knows tonight. Good to see you, Joseph Weber. What are you working on today? Dr. Gina, uh, thanks for having me. Um, back to the Cuomo story. I think that uh, we all saw that uh, Governor Cuomo's strategy uh, to attack his political detractors was certainly well executed and well crafted, but obviously very transparent. But he's out of options. What is he to do? He's not going to be able to um, attack his accusers or people, women who have said that he's mistreated them or sexually you know, harassed them. So he's down to limited options. And one other point about this is that a lot of people say, well, you know, what is AOC, what is Alexandria Cortez, what can she really do? She's not a member of the assembly to get him uh, impeached, but you know, she has a very powerful social media game, uh, able to influence public opinion and sway it. And once she starts tweeting, uh, she can really sort of maybe move the needle or push it forward and maybe get some of these other members on the assembly to, to, to go for um, calling for an impeachment for him. So, so keep an eye on her. Couple other things real quick. Uh, your governor, Ron DeSantis, has decided today no more fines and he retro, uh, made that retroactive back to March 2020 for businesses and uh, residents who have violated um, COVID health safety violations. He said they've already been too on onerous and painful already. So um, that's a good move. I know some of the mayors in South Florida are wondering whether that's going to work during spring break. And then one other thing, uh, Cyrus Vance Jr., the Manhattan um, prosecutor, today resigned, and he's the one who's leading the investigation into um, President Trump, the Trump Organization's taxes and financial records. Um, some interesting reporting of the fact that uh, they're saying that in that district, there's maybe no longer an appetite for that anymore. The culture has sort of moved, the political currency has moved toward the Me Too culture and cancel culture and Black Lives Matters, and um, possibly that the next person who takes over this might not take it up with as much zeal as Mr. Vance has. Very interesting, Joseph. Um, thank you so much for that report, and I hope that you have a great weekend. Same to you. Coming up, Biden says he might let us have a family barbecue on July 4th, if you are lucky. Congressman Jerry Carl from Alabama has some words for old Joe, and you're going to love it. That's next. We're Dr. Gina Primetime, coming at you soon. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. I'm so fired up about Joe Biden's address to the nation last night. He took credit for the hard work of President Trump and his administration in Operation Warp Speed. And he acted like nothing was done the moment he came to the Oval Office. And he rode in on a silver horse with his cape and saved the day when I haven't seen him do much of anything. Listen. But this is one of the most complex operations we've under, under, ever undertaken as a nation in a long time. That's why I'm using every power I have as President of the United States to put us on a war footing to get the job done. Sounds like hyperbole, but I mean it, a war footing. And thank God we're making some real progress now. In my first full day in office, I outlined for you a comprehensive strategy to beat this pandemic. We've spent every day since attempting to carry it out. Here with me now from Alabama's first congressional district and one of my favorite places in the whole wide world to vacation, Congressman Jerry Carl. Congressman, thank you so much for being here. I have to tell you, I'm jealous that you get to be the congressman from there. I'm not going to lie. That is one of my favorite places in the whole wide world, and I've got to add a little Roll Tide. Oh, I love that 
roll tide back. And I, I'm assuming you're talking about Orange Beach and you're talking about Florida Balance. So, yes, I have a boat Love in my it. district. I'm, I'm a blessed that, that, guy. I hear about it. Alabama will always be my sweet home, uh, Congressman. That's where I got my broadcasting start and uh, oh, a very, very special place in my heart. So it's great to have you here on the show with us tonight. Congressman, you know, if you watched that speech from last night, you would think that nothing was done before the moment that Joe Biden graced us with his presence in the Oval Office when I think the guy can barely shuffle in and out of the Oval Office on time every day. But he made it seem as though he's really the savior and that without him, uh, we wouldn't be coming out of this COVID crisis at all. First of all, everything he took credit for, Trump did in 2020, our Trump's team, I, I, you know, give the team credit where it's due. And, and, and so much of what he's talking about, the only thing he can do because Trump had it all set up. The only thing he can do is write a paycheck. And all the numbers he talked about, Trump gave us early in December were, were the goals and the numbers. So, and, and you got to give the President Trump credit where credit's due, which Operation Warp Speed was genius. I come from a medical background, and getting something approved in a matter of months in this country is unheard of. So, so the, the real miracle was, was the Warp Speed, the, the system itself. The rest of it has been left up to the to the colleges and to the hospitals and, and to the, our local leaders on the ground that have, have got those those shots out and got them uh, in the right place. But I was so disappointed in President last night. I, I truly was. I felt like I was I was at a funeral. I, I mean, everything he was talking about was doom and gloom. Uh, we can't look for any sunshine until July the fourth. I'm from Alabama. We don't need the federal government telling us when we can barbecue and when we can get our family together. And, and you're going to see us push back. I don't expect anyone to wait on the federal government to tell them when to get together with their families. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's exactly what you're talking about. People were really fired up about this. Listen. If we do all this, if we do our part, if we do this together, by July the 4th, there's a good chance you, your families and friends, will be able to get together in your backyard or in your neighborhood and have a cookout and a barbecue and celebrate Independence Day. That doesn't mean large events with lots of people together, but it does mean small groups will be able to get together. After this long, hard year, that will make this Independence Day something truly special. You see, this, this the Okay, go ahead. That's yes. the biggest difference between he and Trump. Trump tried to give us tried to give us hope for tomorrow, how to come out of this. You know, we we will we the people will determine when that's happened. And Alabama and Florida and several of the other states have done a very good job of making those choices for for us locally. And we're not waiting on the federal government to tell us what to do. I don't need that. But Biden, on the other hand, is just doom and gloom, and it won't happen unless you follow his rules and regulations. And they have the answers. I got news for you. They don't have the answers. I'm up there every day, and that is the most confused place I have ever seen in my life. But you know what this told me, though, Congressman? They're very comfortable in their capacity as big daddy government, big brother sorts, because, you know, I I'm a mother of five, five babies. I'm very comfortable in my capacity as their mom, and I have no problem saying to them, look, if you clean your room, if you do your chores, if you get your homework done and I get good reports from your teachers, you're going to have a great weekend and I might let you have some friends over. Now, we're not going to have a big party, which is exactly what Joe Biden just said. Yeah. We're not going to have a big party. You're going to be able to have a couple of friends over 
and I'm gonna make it nice for you. Don't get don't get this out of hand now. But I'm gonna I'm gonna make this nice. But you've got to do these things because I'm their mother. But he is not our dad, Congressman. And this just seems way out of line. This is not what I understand as the role of government. He he talks down to us, and that's the feeling I've got. And I was really disappointed again because I, I'm looking for some leadership here. We've got to come up with some answers. And just, you know, and just sending out free money and, and, and trying to buy everybody's votes. I mean, what we've got going up in, into this stimulus bill, this, this great American rescue plan, it, it's horrible. And, but, but, you know, it, it's frustrating being on the Republican side because if we speak our mind and talk like this, you know, we're radicals. Uh, but it, yeah. it's time the Americans just, just take care of yourself. Take care of your friends and your family around you. Don't depend on the federal government when to tell you when to have, have your neighbors over to, to barbecue. Congressman, the COVID porculus bill is now officially, sadly, signed. And now we are finally figuring out what's actually in it. Uh, the headline at Just the News says this, over $57 billion in hidden taxes lurking in Biden's $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill. The tax changes include new limitations on the interest expenses that multinational corporations can deduct. Um, are we going to find anything else lurking out there? What are you hearing about that is uh, concerning for you? I, I think they will interpret a lot of things in, in, in that bill uh, later as we grow forward. They always do. It was a 700 plus page bill. Uh, it, uh, the way it was handled, obviously, uh, the Republican Party had zero input, by the way. Uh, we, we were not invited to sit down and negotiate that. What we, our message we were trying to get out, I know I'm repeating myself, but are a lot of other messages. You know, there's a trillion dollars left. Let's take care of the people out of that trillion dollars that we have left from the other four, four COVID packages that, that were already approved. But no, they had to have this $1.9 on top of it. So that, that tells you that there's a lot of pork in it. And, and we tried to point some of it out as best we could. You know, the, the bridge up in New York, the tunnel in California, uh, and, and, and more and more is beginning to leak out of what's, what's in this. So it's, it's really a 2.9 spending package when it's all combined together. And you're gonna see the blue states and the blue cities, you're gonna see San Francisco turn, turn positive in, in cash flow, which probably has not happened in years. So uh, it, it, it's, it's all on the back of folks from Alabama and Florida and, 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 the, and the conservative red states that have worked very hard to get us where we're at today. And it's, it's, it's just gonna be dispensed out and it's going to blue states and blue cities, the majority of it. Yeah, and what's the lesson there? Act like irresponsible reprobates and you'll be rewarded by government. I mean, that's really the lesson there. It's, 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 it's infuriating. Congressman, your fellow Congressman, uh, Jerry Nadler and AOC have finally <laughs> spoken out against Cuomo, but it took uh, thousands of deaths and weeks of women coming out. And finally, they say, finally something. <laughs> it was about time, don't you think? But why didn't they speak out instead of just when the women came out with their stories? Why didn't they speak about these deaths of the voiceless, that is the elderly that were killed when Cuomo put them in nursing homes, uh, or put the uh, ill patients in nursing homes ill with COVID um, without them even knowing it, causing the deaths of thousands of folks. Well, the liberal press had invested so much in the Cuomo. I mean, they, they gave him an Emmy. They, I mean, they, they've really built him up as being this, this wonderful business person and one of a kind uh, uh, leader. And, and it's, it's beginning to come apart. 
when when the first lady came forwards and spoke, I was very cautious and, and you know spoke up. I was very cautious on that, waiting to hear more. But now we've got six, and and I almost view that as being a deploy trying to take away from the uh, from other problems that he's got, and the other problems obviously the nursing homes and the lives that we lost in those nursing homes. So he's got two major problems. One is the nursing home, obviously, and, and these ladies that have come out. It, 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 it's, it's a death sentence for him. It's just a matter of time. And if he wants to do, if he wants to do the, the people that he represents justice, get out of the way. Let somebody replace him and, 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 and go enjoy his wealth, uh, you know, somewhere else. But, but get out of the way. Because he's just going to bleed everybody dry. He's, he's not going to move. And, and Congressman, um, last night I asked my audience, I said this, when your votes don't count, when your representatives don't have a voice, when your capital is walled off from your ability to even go there and tell your elected representatives what you think, do you not recognize that it's time to do something? What can we do, America? And I just wanted to give you a chance to answer that because we had a massive uh, outpouring from our audience on this topic with lots of ideas, but I wanted to see what yours were. What can we do? do when we feel like we've been so shut down? Well, you know, as a congressman, I feel like I'm locked in a room by myself and I'm screaming and hollering and nobody can hear me. And, and I know everyone feels the same way, but we have to keep screaming. We have to keep hollering. We have to elect people on a local basis as well as a federal level that are going to do a good job and hold them accountable what they say and what they do, what they promised on the campaign trail. But we cannot give up hope for this country. This country is so precious. And one thing I've learned since being in office in Washington, I understand how fragile this country is. And it, it, it's very fragile and we have to protect it. And, and, and that means having a voice. That means having a voice. And, and the voice are through our elected officials. Let your elected officials know what your voices are. Be constructive, be constructive in, in, your, in your voices, but, but we, we've got to speak as one. And, and I think, I honestly believe the Democrat Party's beginning to fall apart. Pieces are, fist, are starting to come off this, this wagon. And, and we just keep doing what we're doing. Us standing in the dark by ourselves, screaming and hollering, and sooner or later, that light's gonna come. But we gotta keep faith, and please, please, remember to pray for all your elected officials. That, that's the key to this. I mean, God's got to get involved in it, and, and he will. It's his time and not ours. So it, he will get involved. So, so keep us all in your prayers, please. Appreciate that wisdom so much, Congressman. God bless you. We will continue to pray for you. And thank you so much for being Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, up, up next, Ben Burkwam is back on the southern border doing the reporting that nobody else seems to want to do, but he's doing it. And he has more footage that's going to make your blood boil. That's next for Dr. Gina. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Ben Barquam back with us again today. And Ben, you've spent the past several days on our southern border, all the way from Tijuana and over to Yuma. And you brought us some amazing video last night. But what did you see after we spoke to you last night? Well, it was wild. And I'm actually coming to you. I wanted to bring you here. It's actually bittersweet. Uh, almost brings a tear to my eye where, where we're standing right here. This is where President Trump one of the plaques, I'm in Calexico, California, uh, where President Trump was just a couple years ago in 2018, as he put America first and built this section in Calexico, stopping major amounts of cartel activity in this city. The community, surrounding communities 
thanked him for it. They absolutely appreciate it because cartels had destroyed, they had ravaged this area for years. Uh, and now we're seeing that cartels being emboldened, they're being supported. Last night though, I was in Mexico and it was interesting to see Border Patrol in Mexico, the, the Mexican immigration officials, the Imami, they call them, uh, going after the cartel coyotes in one area that I was, and they actually went and were chasing them. Now they got, the guys got away. Uh, you know, how much of that was just a, a show of force and more for optics, I don't know. But it was interesting to see more being done by Mexico immigration officials than are allowed to be done now by American immigration officials because of this new regime. Uh, and then I, I got back and I had the opportunity to interview Sheriff uh, Wil Wilmot of Yuma County. And, and I mean, I would love to play his entire interview. It's over 10 minutes. It's incredible. We'll play it in its entirety very soon. But one of the, 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 the biggest parts of the interview, my, the, the biggest takeaways for me uh, was what he said right here. This is a catastrophic crisis that's been created within the last two months because an executive order was issued by the President of the United States for MPP, which is a whole different ballgame. But that just allowed the cartels to further exploit the whole situation. And every bit of what we're seeing down here along the border is controlled and orchestrated intentionally by the cartels in Mexico. There is no doubt about it. Each one of those individuals that you're filming coming across are paying the cartels $6,000 to be smuggled across where the cartels dictate they go. That takes our Border Patrol troops off of the front line and process it. So the cartels can now get their illegal narcotics smuggled into our country and distributed throughout the United States. Just this fiscal year, they've already intercepted close to 5,000 pounds of fentanyl. We are all addressing opioid addiction and abuse in every one of our cities and counties across the United States, and people are dying. But yet, Border Patrol has now been turned into by this administration, the Uber for the cartels, to get to where they need to go in the United States. When he said that, the Uber to the cartels, this is, and, and I'm standing in a place, I talked to a Border Patrol agent just a couple minutes ago down the road here, and he said cartels, absolutely, they control every every uh, step of the border on the Mexico side, and unfortunately, a lot of it on the U.S. side as well. He said if you don't pay the cartels uh, on the Mexico side and you try to cross, they'll do one of two things. They'll either strip you naked and throw you over the wall naked, and it's about 30 feet down to the bottom, or they'll kill you, beat you up and kill you. This is, this is caused, this is uh, controlled by the cartels and this is being supported by Joe Biden and the Democrats. Ben, uh, you know, you've been to California, you've been to Texas on the border, you're now in Yuma, Arizona. Um, I hate to ask it like this, but I'm really not sure of a better way to ask this question. Who should be the most concerned? Well, two. Uh, to obviously the American people uh, as a whole, uh, the, the people really, the, this, the tragedy of this twofold, the children that are uh, sold into slavery, this is a smuggling operation by cartels. This is slavery of our day. There are children that are being recycled, they're being used, they're being sold to men to get across the border and then sent back and raped along the way. We need to be praying for those children. We need to be praying that this is exposed and that the left, the open borders 
uh, globalist leftists that are supporting this are exposed for what they're doing and those children are saved. That's number one. And number two are the American citizens. We, every single one of us is gonna pay for this ultimately. Whether you're a low income uh, worker in America who has lost your job and you're trying to find work, you're gonna be paying for this. And every taxpayer is gonna be paying for this. The irony, let me just turn the camera here real quick. The irony is I'm in a place right now in California where if I go to the stores behind me, in fact, I went over to the ARCO, the AMPM over there just a minute ago in the background, uh, I have to wear a mask in order to go into that store, or else at least they try to make me force me to wear a mask. Yet somebody can jump this wall right here and come into America and bring COVID in, uh, and, and Democrats are just fine with that. The, the hypocrisy that is going on in this country, uh, that's really what needs to be exposed. And just like the Congressman said in the last segment, Americans need to stand up. We've got to stand up and fight back and demand that this stop, whether you're Republican or Democrat, your voice is what's going to make the difference. You cannot sit down. You cannot be silent anymore. Every single person that cares about this country has to stand up. Yes, and thank you for that polite correction. You're not in Yuma. You were in Yuma last night. Ben, I can't keep up with you. You've been all over the place, um, but you are in uh, California tonight. Ben, over just the news, there's this headline, Biden border boomerang, it says. Thousands of illegal immigrant children penned in uh, facilities akin to jails. Ben, the kids in cages lie. Uh, is coming back to haunt the Democrats. Kids in Cages was originally an Obama problem, uh, which transcended into the Trump administration, and then the whole blame was put on the Trump administration. But it didn't end there. Actually, Donald Trump tried to end it during his administration, but it has completely recycled itself, and Joe Biden's all in on this. Yeah, and, and the truth of the matter is those children are being saved from cartel monsters. Most of those children that are separated from men in most cases and put into these facilities or are sent up, they, they're sent up supposedly on their own unaccompanied uh, minors, those children are being protected. I actually toured the Clint border f facility a, a few days before AOC went up and put her face on the side and pretended to cry and virtue signaled to America that she cares about these children. I was in that facility. Those children are being protected. But the reason that they're here, and you're right, President Trump tried to stop it through his Remain in Mexico policy by building the wall, by trying to stop the illegal immigration. The reason they're here is because they've been invited by the left to come and they've been sold by the cartels to get here and men have bought them and brought them across and done horrific, unfathomable things to them as they came. And yet we have to hear when President Trump's in office that it's kids in cages, but somehow now it's, it's somehow better. The truth is America is still the greatest country in the world and the border patrol agents that have to take care of these children do the very best that they possibly can, but they are not trained to be babysitters. They are not trained to have to do this. This should not be happening. And Ben, I have to tell you, you've caused such a stir just on this show. Uh, that I have so many questions from viewer, viewers and I've been texting them to you saying, Ben, can you find out about this? Can you find out about that? And I just want to assure our viewers that I am putting those questions out to you and that you are looking for answers on the things that we haven't answered yet. We will get to them, uh, but you are looking into them, things like the wristbands and some other issues that we want to get uh, very well informed on before we report on them, but you are looking into them. And I thank you so much for all the work that you're doing, putting yourself literally in harm's way 
uh, just to report back to us on things that literally no one else is reporting on. I look at the reporters that are reporting on this. I know what they're doing because I know Mexico very well because I used to live right there on the border. They're standing in the safe spot for reporters on the border and they're taking real footage, uh, R-E-E-L, real footage uh, that comes into them uh, that you can buy and they're showing that you are there. This is your footage that you record with your iPhone and our cameras and this is, there's no bought footage uh, that you're showing or that we're showing here on this show. Um, and I just want to thank you for, for this very legitimate reporting that you're doing. Uh, no, it's my pleasure. And, uh, you know, we're talking about this all week. I'm really excited for people to watch it. I know you're going to mention it, the special coming up on Sunday as well. But 11, we just got to change the time. So for people to understand, 11 a.m., guys, if you want to see it all from the first part, 11 a.m. Sunday, only on Real America's Voice, and 7 p.m. It'll air again if you miss it in the morning, if you're at church, which I will be there. Uh, but uh, seven, uh, 11 a.m. Eastern Time and uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday. And this is just the first episode. It won't even include our Yuma stuff. And we will be heading to Brownsville and McAllen next to try to answer that question that you just raised about the, uh, that you were asking me earlier about the wristbands. Like you said, we don't want to report on it unless we know it's fact. So whatever, all of those questions, keep sending them and we will uh, try to answer them best we can. Been on the border Sunday at 11 o'clock a.m. and 7 p.m. I will definitely be watching. I will be posting all over my social media at Real Dr. Gina. Ben Burkwam, thank you so much for this heroic work and we appreciate you. Stay safe. Coming up, Daryl Scott, the host of our Saturday show here on RAV called SmackDown. I know it's one of your favorites. He's coming up next. He says it's time for a SmackDown of Cuomo and Biden. You do not want to miss it, so don't, don't go away. You don't want to miss this. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Governor Cuomo getting the smackdown from many of his fellow Democrats right now. Even New York Congressman Jerry Nadler and AOC are taking this opportunity to pile on. So you need a little help with this smackdown. Let's bring in my good friend. He is the pro of pro of smackdowners. He's the host of Smackdown himself, Daryl Scott. Daryl Scott, great to see you. Great to have you back with us this Freedom Friday. Great to be here, Gina. Thanks for having me, doctor. <laughs> Daryl, I cannot believe all the drama in New York. It's worse than Palm Beach, believe it or not. <laughs> Cuomo's responsible for thousands of deaths in his state. And, and now that women are coming out, suddenly this matters. Now that women are coming out, uh, they're accusing him of sexual assault, of course, and sexual harassment. And he's saying he's blaming the cancel culture. And there's all this drama. Nobody said much of anything when it was old people dying in nursing homes, but now suddenly this matters. Watch. The people of New York should not have confidence in a politician who takes a position without knowing any facts or substance. That, my friends, is politics at its worst. Politicians take positions for all sorts of reasons, including political expediency and bowing pressure. But people know the difference between playing politics, bowing to counsel, cancel culture, and the truth. People know the difference between playing politics, bowing to cancel culture, and the truth. Pastor, I have to say I agree with him. 
I think people do know the difference, and I think they know exactly what they're seeing right here. Uh, and I think he is on the wrong side of the argument he's trying to make. What about you? I'm absolutely in agreement with you. You know, he's the gander that doesn't like getting what the goose got. He's the pot <laughs> calling the kettle black. His side has been the architects and the implementers of cancel culture. They originated. And now that it's boomeranging back on them, they don't like it at all. And you know what? I wonder where, I, I mean, at least AOC finally spoke up, her and some other freshman senator, but where is Alyssa Milano and all of these Me Too movement activists that, you know, uh, they, they, they participated in the Supreme Court hearings. They stopped senators and congressmen on the elevators when Kat, Brett Kavanaugh was getting confirmed because of women, yeah. women, women. Now all of a sudden, they're looking upside the wall and everybody's they're, they're the three monkeys. See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. They act like they don't know what's going on. Fredo Cuomo is on CNN with under a, ga a self-imposed gag order. And I don't see all the outrage. If this was somebody on the right, if this was a Republican governor, if this was a MAGA governor, uh, right. it, it would be, uh, I'm telling it would be an overwhelming onslaught of opinion and criticism. And here Cuomo sitting That's there right. saying, well, I'm not resigning. They're going to run him out of town on the rail. They're going to tie and feather this guy. All right, it's time for our meme of the day. Watch this. This meme says, we are not species. And the picture on top shows people standing in line at the airport six feet apart for safety and social distancing. And the picture on the bottom is 30 minutes later, all those same people jam-packed in an airline shoulder to shoulder. A great illustration of reality today. We're supposed to not see what we see or we're not supposed to believe it, I guess. What do you say? I was on an airplane this past week. Every single seat on the plane was occupied and it was one of yeah. those big jumbo jets every We're single sardines. seat and i looked at it yeah. and said where's the social distancing now yeah no they say they don't care about that they'll, they'll make you wear the mask but they i've noticed this last several times i've been on a on a, a airline before i was banned now i'm banned lifetime ban uh, thank you american air but uh, they wouldn't they didn't even remind me to put my seatbelt on i was so upset about making sure my mask was pulled up and covering everything that could possibly ever ever upset them that i completely forgot to buckle my seatbelt and we took off without me even buckling my seatbelt because they don't even remind you of that anymore because apparently you're safe no matter what you don't need to buckle your seatbelt or take any other safety precautions just make sure you wear 20,000 masks and cover your face and you can't breathe and you're all good I, it's crazy out there Daryl, Scott, thank you so much for being wait with us. Wait a minute, Snapped Gina. Out. Wait, 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 wait one second. Quick, you got banned? Quick. You got a lifetime I, ban? I'm lifetime banned. <laughs> well, I, I, I smack American Airlines down then. We smack them down for banning you. <laughs> All right. 7 p.m. this Saturday. Don't forget to watch SmackDown with Daryl Scott. Thanks for joining me tonight. Thank you to everyone here at your new home for real news, RAV TV, Real America's Voice. Hug your children. Love your God. Go boldly now and live the truth. Good night.